Hi, and welcome back to Out of the Cold. I'm Deanna Boyd. So we just wanted to give listeners a second update about a cold case we previously told you about, the January 2007 murder of Jose Munoz, who went by his middle name, Martin. Now, as you may recall from episode four, Martin was a loving father of three who owned an auto shop on Fort Worth's east side. But on the evening of January 31st, 2007, Martin was shot in the head by an irate customer. His killer had come to the shop that evening with another man to have Martin switch out rims on two wheels. Martin did the work, but the customer claimed that one of the rims had been damaged. An argument over payment followed, and the customer pulled out a gun and shot Martin in the head. He and the other man then fled the scene. Meeting with his wife and two of his three children about the unsolved murder was one of the most emotional interviews I've done. It's been almost 11 years since he been, he's been gone, and I told my husband, this year is a year that I finally feel that I can get back on my feet and try to be get a little bit of sense of normalcy, but it's not the same. People, people say that time heals all wounds, but I don't think it heals them. I think it... You just learn how to live. You just have to learn how to live with the pain, but you miss them every day. Now, through the years, several detectives had worked on this case, trying to solve it. And most recently, that was Detective Jeremy Roden. Spurred by a tip that had come into the cold case unit, Roden was able to identify a possible suspect, Juan Eduardo Moraz, known by everyone as Lalo. He started looking for Lalo, a Mexican national, and found him already behind bars, serving his third stint in federal prison for re-entering the United States after deportation. In fact, Lalo was just a few months away from finishing his sentence and being deported back to Mexico again. So Roden has Lalo's prints compared to some that were found on the rim of the tire left behind by the killer. One was a match. Lalo gets charged with Martin's murder in late November 2017, On March 22, 2019, his trial finally begins. Sadly, Detective Roden wouldn't be on hand to testify. Roden, who'd served 22 years with the Fort Worth Police Department, eight years as a homicide detective, died of cancer in July. He was only 45. Now, the case was not a slam dunk by any means. The biggest piece of evidence prosecutors Lucas Allen and Jim Bullock had, of course, was a fingerprint on the tire rim linking Lalo to the crime scene. And Lalo's defense attorney, Lisa Mullen, aggressively attacked that evidence in opening statements. What if I asked you if you could tell me how many movable objects you might have touched 10 years ago or earlier than that, long ago than that? Could you tell me? Maybe a wine bottle that you picked up at a store? and looked at and sat back, and then that wine bottle is moved, bought by somebody else, and it ends up at a crime scene. Would you be able to tell that's what happened 10 years ago? What if you actually had a job, an employment thing you did when you're a teenager that caused you to touch things that are movable, like tire rims? What if you're a kid, 19, working with your stepdad, where you do exchanging tires, work on cars, replace stereos, things of that nature. Do you think your print might be on a tire and be completely innocuous 
and that tire rim gets moved to a different location. A million different innocuous, innocuous, innocent reasons for a fingerprint to be on a tire rim 10 years ago that could have been there and placed there at any given time. Now, during closing arguments, Bullock, the prosecutor, had argued that there was something else tying Mraz to the crime, a witness. Rodel Garcia had worked at the shop that day with Martine and saw the two men. In fact, it was from his description that police later released a composite of the passenger believed to be the shooter. So after Lalo surfaces as a possible suspect in the case, detectives would show Rodell a photo lineup of six men, including Lalo. And Rodell picks Lalo as the person he saw arguing with Martine immediately before he was shot. Bullock tells jurors in closing arguments that while some memories may fade over the years, two things don't forensic evidence like the fingerprint, and the imprinted memory of a traumatic event. You know, Ms. Ms. Mullen talked to you in, in uh, her opening statement about what you have for breakfast 12 years ago. Well, how about this? What did the person look like who shot your friend 12 years ago? And Mr. Garcia's answer was, he looks like that man right there. Two times he answered that question, interrupting the interpreter both times before the question was even fully asked because he pointed over the bar and said, that man shot my friend and killed him. In her closing argument, Mullen questions the credibility of Rodell's identification. She reminds jurors of Rodell's reply when asked to point the passenger out in the courtroom and encourages them to ask for that portion of testimony if needed. I think that's him. That is not a positive ID. But the fact that anybody could convict or they could even ask you to convict on that type of identification is not only Define common sense, it is actually scary. She also pointed out to jurors that police had found four other prints on that tire rim that didn't belong to Lalo. To whom they belong is still unknown. Because any one of these people could have committed this crime. And they could have been sitting over there, and 12 years later that witness would have come in here and identified whoever it was that was accused. And we all know that. That's just common sense. So there's four reasonable doubts right off the tire. Allen would give the final closing argument. He pointed out to jurors that Rodell was a credible witness who had been shown other potential suspects by police in the past, but always insisted they were not the right men, until Lalo. Allen asked jurors to think back to September 11, 2001, and what they were doing that morning when two planes crashed into the Twin Towers in New York City. Is that memory not forever etched in your brain? Imagine what is etched in Mr. Garcia's brain forever. One year, five years, 10 years, 12 years, 30 years. That is forever etched in his brain. He will never forget that image. So here's the kicker. He miraculously selects the same person whose print is on the rim of this tire. The chances of that are astronomical. 
For a man to experience an event like that, to have that etched in his memory permanently, and he just so happens to pick the person whose print is on the rim of that tire. So the jury would deliberate some 14 hours over three days. They'd send out about a dozen notes asking for things ranging from a lunch break to all evidence in the case except for the tire. They seemed especially in disagreement to Roddell's testimony, and they were eventually given a transcript of a small portion of that testimony, where Roddell had testified he heard the truck's passenger tell the driver to, quote, bring me the pistol, then a door open and a shot ring out. They also receive a portion where Roddell makes his courtroom identification of Lalo, saying, I think that is him. On the second day of deliberations, the jury sends out a note raising concerns that a verdict might not be reached. After discussion and review of the evidence, we don't feel we can come to a unanimous decision, the jury foreperson wrote. They were urged to keep deliberating. About two hours later, there's another note. We feel we have reviewed the evidence and had a very productive discussion, and regretfully, we remain split. We are at an impasse and unsure how to proceed. Again, they're told to keep deliberating. Two hours later, there's another note. We have continued to deliberate, and we are firmly deadlocked. We have reread the judge's instructions and reevaluated the evidence. We have taken four votes and remain deadlocked. So the judge issues what's known as an Allen charge. And basically, that's a set of instructions to the jury to encourage them to keep trying. It reads that if they can't reach a unanimous verdict, the court's going to have to declare a mistrial. And it's reasonable to assume that the case will then have to be tried before another jury, a jury who's going to hear the same evidence, who's going to see the same facts, and there's no reason to hope that that next jury is going to find those questions any easier than the current jury. Don't do violence to your conscience, but continue deliberating, the charge read. So they would, and they'd come back again the next day and continue to deliberate some more. At 11.30 a.m. on Wednesday, March 27th, the jury would send out one final note, telling the court that while they'd had a very productive morning and engaged discussion, their last vote, unfortunately, showed they were still deadlocked. Two of the jurors, the note indicated, weren't going to budge. As a result, State District Judge Molly Westfall declares a mistrial. So I talked to a member of the jury who didn't want her voice recorded and asked not to be identified. And she tells me that on the first day of deliberations, the initial vote between jurors had been split right down the middle. Six believed Lala was guilty, six believed he was not. By the third day of deliberations, the final vote had been eight believed he was guilty, two were still undecided, and two believed he was not guilty. She was among the undecided, but admits she was leaning more towards guilty. So I asked her what she believed the main issues were with the case. She told me it was the fact that there wasn't a lot of evidence in the case, and that you had a witness with a language barrier who had to rely on his memory of such a traumatic event after so much time had lapsed. I asked her about the jury's feelings regarding the fingerprint evidence. How much weight it was given, she said, differed by juror. Some put a lot of emphasis on it. Some others, not so much. If you looked at the big picture, she said, the print alone didn't seem like crucial evidence. Garcia's testimony seemed to be the most debated among the jury, she said. 
The woman said, though, she believes the language barrier, even with the use of an interpreter, impacted that testimony. God bless his heart for getting up there, she told me. God bless his heart. The woman said the jury tried very, very hard to come to a verdict, but that there just wasn't a lot to work with. Nobody wants to send someone to jail, to prison, and it be the wrong person, she told me. At the same time, nobody wants to have someone capable of committing murder on our streets. But you have to do the right thing, she said. You can't go one way just because you're scared. She called the whole ordeal very stressful. You have to feel for all involved, she told me. For the Munoz family, for Radel Garcia, for the family of Lalo Meraz. Everyone wants an answer, and unfortunately, the 12 people tasked with that were not able to give a unanimous decision. It hurts our hearts not to be able to make a decision, she told me. So what happens now? Well, that's not exactly clear. Lalo remains in the Tarrant County Jail, held on $50,000 bond. Prosecutors won't comment on whether they'll try him again. The murder charge is still pending, is all the district attorney's office would say. Martine's oldest daughter, Viviana, didn't wish to comment after the trial, except to say that the family anticipates Lalo will be tried again in the coming months. And she asked that anyone with additional information please come forward to authorities. Now, even if he's not tried again, authorities would likely move to deport Lalo back to Mexico again, as had been the plan prior to him being charged in the murder. Whatever happens, we'll keep you updated. Thanks for listening. I know it's been a while, but we'll have a new episode coming out in the next couple of weeks exploring the 1994 unsolved murder in Irving of Megan Beth Johns. Till then. Out of the Cold is produced by Steve Wilson, edited by Steve Kaufman, and written and narrated by me, Deanna Boyd.